When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, how about them damn Celtics? And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here Monday, September 18th. Uh, with, the, I feel like this is the start of, we're going to start getting more Celtics stuff heading into the season. I feel like we've gotten... Sure, hope so. I, I feel like we're not over the metaphorical hump, but we're at the top of it. We're, we're, we're about to be on the downslope uh, of where we have stuff again. Um, but for, for the sake of the intro, I don't want to put this on the rat list. So I, I figured you'd find it entertaining. It'd be a funny start to the show. So my dog has been walking with a limp for a while, right? He's just been, his back right leg has been hurting him. My mom take him to the vet. Dude partially tore his ACL that my dog <laughs> tore his ACL. I wonder how he did that. I have no idea. He runs around a lot. And he's like very, yeah, maybe he's scared of the fireworks. Sue the neighbors. I, I, I was like just waking up because they took him to the vet early. My mom comes to my room and she goes, Jack Duke tore his ACL. And I just started laughing. I was like, what the fuck do you mean he tore his ACL? He has to have surgery next week on his torn ACL. That's terrible, oh. though, because like there's no way to explain to him why he's no. in pain. No, dude. Yeah, that stuff sucks. Uh, poor, he's going to have to have a cone and everything, which is, I mean, I don't want to say he deserves it, but he's eaten so much of my food that it'll be funny to see a cone on him. Um, <laughs> bastard. Anyways, dirty. I thought that'd be a funny. Yeah, he's he's a menace, dude. I, I remember one time I was uh, I made myself a bagel. I put it on the counter. I turn around, turn back around. Bagel's gone. Whole bagel, one bite. See you later. He just chomped I'd that whole thing down. About that. I was very angry because it was it was from Duncan. I just retoasted it and it was, it was cooked. Anyways. See, that's when I'm like, oh, maybe you'll be outside today. <laughs> no, you can't all leave day. him outside all day. Teach him a no, lesson. No. No, no, no. Anyways, uh, getting into the Celtic stuff, enough about my dog's torn ACL. Malcolm Brogdon uh, is not too happy, <laughs> according to Gary Washburn, who was on Celtics Beat with Adam Kaufman and Evan Valenti, a uh, friend of the CLNS channel. Go go check us out. Uh, if you're watching on CLNS, check us out on How About Them Celtics. We're dropping videos there. But Gary Washburn told Celtics Beat, he said he was not happy in July. Is he the same level of unhappiness in September? We don't know. He hasn't talked all summer. Malcolm Brogdon was not happy about the deal or being potentially dealt. He was pissed. And that's not exactly what you want to hear. I mean, we, we heard Joe Mazzula say how the Celtics were trying to repair their relationship with Brogdon uh, after the Kristaps trade fell through and they had to trade Marcus Smart instead. Um, and it was kind of just like, as Sam put here, a reason to put the Clippers on the rat list. But at the same time, like the Celtics made a move that made their team better. But in the process, they not only traded Marcus Smart, they also pissed off the former sixth man of the year, which is something they have to fix. And it is a business, right? Like as much as it is, you know, you can sit here and say, oh, look at the Celtics, how they handled it. The Clippers backed out at the last second. It's not necessarily Brad Stevens fault. Like he tried to make a deal because it is a business and Brad Stevens mm. can't like, if Brad Stevens was constantly worried about every minute, thing he was doing like then nothing would get done we talked about this when we started when he was hired as, as Celtics GM like is he gonna have too much of a connection to the players because he was a coach for a while and and you can't have that as a GM so it does suck that Malcolm Brogdon is pissed and that is 
absolutely a storyline to monitor throughout the season, but I don't know if I necessarily blame the Celtics for it. I blame the Clippers if anything, but even then, like they didn't, they were doing what they thought was best for their organization. But obviously from our perspective, like screw you, like that sucks, but it's just a really crappy situation all in all. And it's one to monitor. Yeah. The Brogdon thing has been something we've been speculating about since the trade fell through. Yep. There've been, numerous trade articles written great for content it's been it's been great for content, yeah it's fine but... <laughs> because we don't really have an answer to it yet kind of like gary washburn told the guys on celtics beat so we don't know what to think you would have to imagine he's far from thrilled i would be i wouldn't want everybody knowing that i was about to be traded and then all of a sudden you're back that's a weird awkward situation to be in especially as somebody like brogdon who hasn't really been there for a long time he doesn't have any affinity towards the Celtics. He's been there for a season. Things went wrong, and he kind of got thrown under the bus after the conference finals because yep. everybody was okay with trading him. And even after he has remained with the team, people aren't, like, thrilled about Brogdon. He's in all these mock trades. People are like, oh, you could trade him for depth. I saw a conversation somewhere today. That was the take. Yeah, just trade him for depth. You don't have depth anymore. You you don't have a surplus at the point guard spot. This is a very pressing issue where Marcus Smart's not not here anymore. You can't mm-hmm. afford to have Brogdon pissed off and not wanting to play for your team. You're going to be stuck with Derek White and Pritchard. Pritchard's a fine player, but he's not Malcolm Brogdon. He doesn't have the same size as Brogdon. He doesn't have the defensive capabilities that Brogdon does. Brogdon is an important piece to the Celtics. Whether or not he actually showed up on defense last year consistently is one thing. But he can do it. In the past, he's had defensive uh, team votes. He's been an impressive defender. He's, what, 6'4", 6'5"? Yeah, I think he's 6'5". Yeah. So it's important to mend this. Joe Mazzulla Mm -hmm. talked about it like you mentioned. You're running out of time here. There's a month before the season tips off. Like, I don't really know what you can do from the Celtics' perspective to make Brogdon feel better. But they just overall fumbled and handled this very badly. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, it's tough for me to blame the Celtics for what happened. I agree that they handled it poorly, but a lot of it was out of their control, right? And and if the Clippers hadn't declined to take Brogdon, everything would have been probably perfect. In in my eyes, it would have been perfect because they would have traded Brogdon for Porzingis, which would be unquestionably a move that everyone in Celtics nation would have agreed with. In my opinion, I I think that people would have received it. Well, Um, smart would still be on the team. They would have smart Derek white and Peyton Pritchard at the point. um, And poor Zingas at the, you know, five helping the big man rotation, but that's not what happened. And, and because of it, the Celtics couldn't, they could have pushed back the Porzingis date. That's the one hitch in this that is a little bit weird because they could have potentially pushed back the date Porzingis needed to be extended by giving them a couple more days to make the trade. And as much as I want to believe, oh, maybe they could have figured something out with the Clippers, it is the way that they rushed into it makes me wonder if there was another thing pushing on them, if it was the Clippers were so out that it wasn't going to happen, if it was Porzingis really wanting to get his deal done as soon as possible, if it was, you know what I'm saying? If there was like another thing that we don't necessarily know about that pushed them to make the deal sooner, because that's the one thing that's like a little bit of a unknown, weird variable in this whole situation. Why would Porzingis (laughs) want to get it done sooner? Was he worried about this foot thing? That's that's the first thought I had. 
that's the only thing I can think of. Or if the Wiz, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, if the Wizards, you know what it was actually, we forgot about, it was probably the Jazz. It was probably the Jazz saying, oh, and the Wizards saying, if they don't get this done, the Jazz were going to trade for Porzingis because we knew Danny Ainge was interested. So Brad Stevens was probably up against Danny Ainge's clock of him saying, if, the, if this deal falls through, then I'm right here and I've got a deal for you. And the Wizards were probably not necessarily eager to get him off the books, but they didn't want to worry about the extension. So getting him off sooner rather than later. And at that point, they don't really care because they're not getting anything like of value in return. <clears throat> so they're probably worrying about that. But now the Celtics are left with a pissed off, you know, six man of the year. I did see an interesting idea in our comment section that I thought was at least worth looking at in the sense of, okay, let's see if, if this would be an option for a Porzingis or excuse me, a Brogdon trade. I don't want to necessarily talk about a bunch of different Brogdon trades, but I thought this concept was smart. So we've been looking at it of, okay, we looked at a Nets deal last time and it was just two wings. That doesn't make sense. We looked at other deals where it's like a little bit of depth, a three-team trade could make sense, although it's less likely because of how many pieces are involved. <clears throat> JC26220, which is just funny that I have to read the, the screen name, um, put this framework of a deal. He said Celtics get Tyus Jones, Royce O'Neal, Wizards get Brogdon, Nets get DeLon Wright, and there's some picks involved. I don't necessarily think the Nets would be interested in this because they'd be giving up a first in Royce O'Neal for some depth guys. I think if you take out the first, it could make some sense. I don't know if the Celtics necessarily need another wing. That's the only thing that I'm a little bit like, okay, I don't know about this about. But I do think a three-team deal could be something that is at least of interest <clears throat> to the Celtics because they could find different depth pieces in different areas. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they could find a way to combine different pieces of the puzzles um, that, excuse me, that would make sense for all sides involved. Like I was looking at some different frameworks of deals um, that the Celtics could do for three team trades. And there are some out there like this one. Um, I just made two quickly because I thought of the concept. This one with the Sixers, we've talked about Melton, bring Tice back to Boston, Melton here. <laughs> Pacers were reportedly interested in Tobias Harris anyways. <clears throat> and then the Sixers get a little bit depth because of the James Harden situation. Right. And even if James Harden is not there, like this would be a deal that all teams involved, I feel like would be sure. interested in. Um, and then this was the one I made off of the Tyus Jones deal. Like again, there are three team deals out there that could make sense that would keep the Celtics healthy at the point guard position while also filling other needs outside of the wing. It's just a crappy situation, right? That the Celtics have to deal with. Now I'll ask you this personally i feel like things will smooth over and brogdon will stay with the team however i don't know if brogdon would take it this far do you think brogdon is the type of player who would let his annoyance with the team off the court affect the way he plays on the court not in the sense that he'll play bad but we saw a lot of times last year that he was designated to a spot-up shooter like do we think brogdon would call his own number more or like act differently on the court like i, I what do you think the ramifications of this quote-unquote him being pissed off are well maybe he's gonna be more of a dick to joe missoula because we heard that he was a dick to joe missoula after the season ended the athletic put out the piece where missoula was leading some sort of huddle and then brogdon broke it out defense on three out of spite so we've already kind of seen brogdon be spiteful i'm yeah. very not looking forward to what's going to happen this season if he really is unhappy, which could very well just dissipate as well, because yeah. you start playing basketball again, say this team starts playing well, you may see uh, the happiness start to 
trickle through the cracks because you're winning. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of how it goes a lot of the time. Winning heals. Winning helps. And the Celtics should win. They made moves this summer to improve. Porzingis is going to add a new element to their offensive game. They were already a top team in the East. One went away from the finals. They should come into the season with a chip on their shoulder after falling flat at home in game seven. Brogdon should come into the season with a chip on his shoulder after one being so injured that he couldn't compete in the conference finals and two, almost being traded. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I feel like he almost has too much to prove to like kick and scream and drag his feet and be a problem. Because if that's the case, then going to want to deal with him. Yeah. And definitely. no other team's really going to want to trade for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see what happens. <clears throat> Obviously it's not an ideal situation. It's one that, like I keep saying, like it feels like it was unavoidable because of the Clippers aspect, but also there's that weird thing of could they have pushed it back? It's just a weird situation at this point. It is what it is. Celtics just need to deal with it moving forward uh, and we'll have to see what happens. But <clears throat> the next thing, uh, Celtics signed Nemius Keda to a two-way contract. Uh, we talked about this in a reaction video. So if you want to see our full thoughts, go head on over to our channel. How about them Celtics? Check out the reaction video. We reacted to his highlights, talked about the move, discussed what we thought it meant uh, and what he could bring to the Celtics. It did want to bring up an idea. I wrote about it for Celtics blog in a different context. Uh, and I wanted to just briefly talk about it in this, in this realm. <clears throat> the t- I titled it Nemius Keda is the next in a line um of brad stevens big man auditions for the celtics now i tweeted this i said the celtics have one of the best big rotations in the league but it's one third old and two thirds injury prone uh it's talented right al horford's great but he's 37 robert williams and porzingis are awesome but they're both prone to injuries and after that you have luke Cornette, who i wrote about in the in the article i said <clears throat> Cornette was a product of this process he first joined the celtics via trade in the bull uh, from the bulls in 2021 and after spending time in the g league and bouncing around on 10-day deals found his way back to boston he played well enough in Maine to earn a regular spot in the rotation. He played 69 games last year. Like, it's not like he was an inconsequential member of the team. He played some real minutes in the regular True. season um, consistently. Um, last offseason, Celtics brought in Cabin Gale in a two-way deal, but he didn't stick. Um, then the, you could even say the same about Noah Vonley. He just didn't stick, right? It was another, okay, let's see if we can find another rotation big man. They didn't stick, but Cornette did. Bringing in 24-year-old Nemius Kidd, who was seven feet tall on a two-way deal, provides them with some big man depth this season if they need it as well as a project they could potentially look at moving forward as a backup. Horford's not going to be in the league forever, right? Williams and Porzingis could get hurt. They, they could be out for a little while. And if you're like, if those two coincide, if Horford retires and then Robert Williams deals with an injury, Porzingis as your only big is not going to work. So the Celtics need to start bringing in guys that could potentially turn into these deep bench pieces or maybe more. And somebody in the Celtics blog comments put it pretty well. He said, <clears throat> let me see. Um, Perfectly said, this guy won't be a big man depth saver or rotation player, but he's a lottery ticket, and I like the concept of an audition, and that's kind of what it is. You're you're auditioning these guys to potentially be big man depth uh, moving forward, and uh, I think that's what the Celtics, excuse me, have started to do, and I think Kate is the next in line of that, and for what it's worth, I really like Nini. I think he's good. I think he's got talent, and I think there's something there that the Celtics could potentially develop into a real player. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. That's guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. 
It absolutely is. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I think the point about lottery ticket is valid. I think what we saw in the highlight tapes was very impressive. He's very good at Mm -hmm. some niche things, good finishing under the basket, good at defending the rim, big, not going to make a lot of jump shots for you, et cetera. But typically I am sick of the lottery ticket type. It's a two-way contract. With that being said, that's kind of the whole point. But as far – like, I'm happy they did not sign him to a – Standard deal. Standard deal to take up that final roster spot because you can do other things with that. Yeah. But I do like him. From what we saw, he looks awesome. He looks fun to watch. Uh, Everybody that has reacted to this is excited, Mm -hmm. whether it's us – other Celtics people, Kings fans, when we put up the video on Twitter, Kings fans were all over it. Portugal they were loves like, this guy. <laughs> yeah, they were like, this guy's awesome. You guys are going to love him. He plays hard. I can't yep. believe the Kings didn't give him more minutes, etc. He'll actually get some time with the Celtics, which was an interesting take from the outside. Because yeah. I don't know how much time I expect him to play. But he certainly could get minutes. Like you said, the center rotation does have holes in it. That, that being said, like they're not gaping holes but they are holes that could get bigger question marks they can yeah, rip question marks yeah i agree i i don't know i i think it's less about the concept of because i agree with you in the sense that they shouldn't just be taking random stabs at these young players and hoping they develop <clears throat> but i think picking these second chance guys is smarter like what when you see <clears throat> like Bringing in a 19-year-old rookie probably isn't what the Celtics want, but bringing in a guy who has NBA experience, who showed the ability to play at a high level in maybe not the NBA, but even the G League or overseas, like bringing in somebody like that makes sense because you've seen the talent, you know what they are as a player, and it's just about improving those skills and potentially adding a couple new ones. It's not about building up their game as a whole, like in the case of, you know, if if you signed a a freshman who went undrafted out of college. And so Kate is 24 years old. He's seven feet tall. He has clearly an NBA body. He was the runner up in MVP voting in the G league last season. So like he had a really good year in the G. Um, And I think he'll get a ton of run in Maine. And I think when you honestly, I don't necessarily think he'll get consistent minutes at the NBA level, but you look at what cabin Gale got in the two way last year. I think he'll get more than that because last year, the Celtics had Blake Griffin to play some of the backup center minutes when Porzingis and Rob and Al, when those two missed time or two of the three, or even one of the three missed time, I think you could see at least Kata get a call up from Maine to sit on the bench and maybe not get in. But if the Celtics need a different look and Cornette's not working, like I do think he could get more chances um, than you saw Kevin Gailey get last year. So I think it's interesting. I think he'll probably dominate with the main Celtics, which will be fun. Joey Spatch, let's go enjoy this guy. And we'll have to come up and catch a game and uh, check out Ironclad Eats. But um, I'm excited. I, I really like him. And I think it should be interesting uh, to see how the Celtics use him and, and develop him into a potential guy. Uh, the next thing we have, Marcus Smart, wedding. Uh, lots of pictures went around on Twitter of Celtics people and Celtics players and uh, Celtics organization at Marcus Smart's wedding. Uh, I'll pull up the pictures now. We, this is, doesn't have to be a deep thing, but uh, CLNS posted like a good spread of the pictures <clears throat> that were fun. Obviously, Marcus and his now wife, Jalen's there. 
Tatum's there. This is picture that went viral. He got bald, Derek White. Um, <laughs> this is the picture that went everywhere. And it was, uh, what do you call this album cover? And it's <laughs> it's Brad Stevens, Joe Missoula, Jason Tatum <clears throat> hanging out at Marcus Smart's wedding. Joe Missoula looks like an absolute psychopath in this photo. He always photo. does. Uh, it's something he looks kind of jacked, too, though. <laughs> he does. He does. They they look uh they look good. It's um I will say this is like something that I haven't seen a lot on Twitter. It is good to know that Brad Stevens was still invited. Like it just shows like Marcus understands probably. It, maybe it's weird, but in my mind, the way it's I weird, contextualize it weird. is yeah. In my mind, it is Marcus Smart saying, Okay, I understand this is a business. He spent what 10 years with a guy, like <laughs> he probably likes Brad Stevens. Um, so it, it, that was at least comforting to me to know that there, even if there are some hard feelings, it wasn't like drastic enough for him to cut him out uh jason Tatum with this was a funny one just it is kind of funny like it's just like a weird like you don't really see that very much from ownership anywhere yeah like you know besides like mark cuban i don't think there's any other owner you would really see like chilling with the boys at the wedding yeah i know it's funny it's funny i like if anything i like it it means tatum's uh tatum enjoys the celtics organization <laughs> and then here's marcus obviously uh, excuse me Jalen obviously at marcus's wedding um i don't know it's fun it, it was nice to see that this is the type of thing that leaves me some semblance of hope that marcus can eventually come back even though uh, I know you you think Marcus shouldn't because they did him dirty, but at least this shows like he's still friendly or close with the people at the organization, especially the fact that it's like two months later and he's still having them at uh, his wedding. I don't know. It's 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 good to see at the very least because I know we both love Marcus. Yeah, it's good to see so many people showed up to 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 be there for him on his special day. Uh, Ime Udoka on the list of people that was there. Mm. Not Grant. No, no, Grant Williams, <laughs> that bum Grant. That was so your that just kind of proves that everybody <laughs> hates that guy, and you really shouldn't be that surprised, to be honest with you. He's just weird, like <laughs> awkward, yeah. tech, pain this in the ass, this is little the brother. <laughs> you, you, we're talking about Marcus Smart's wedding, and the fir- like. The second point you make is, yeah, fuck Grant. What is wrong with you? <laughs> this is this is next level stuff, even for you. Um, yeah, Marcus wedding. Congrats to Marcus, obviously. Uh, nice to see all those people there uh, from the Celtics organization. Uh, next thing we have is from Adam Himmelsbach, I believe, of the Boston Globe. Uh, he spoke with Peyton Pritchard. This was an interview with Pritchard. Rubs hands together. <clears throat> Pritchard, I'll, I'll read this uh, this excerpt. Pritchard's still in Boston, still working towards his bigger chances, eager to see where he fits in this group. He stressed that the trade request last season was never related to a dislike of the city organization. It's just mm. that he's a gym rat and sitting and watching simply ached. Quote, this is probably the best place to play basketball. There's no other place like it, but at the end of the day, uh, in any line of work, you want to see where you match up and play and compete. And that's where my head was at. I still feel the same way about that. I want to go out there and play every game and compete because I feel like I'm good enough to belong out there. I want to keep pushing myself to see how far I can take it. So, from that, it sounds like Pritchard didn't dislike the Celtics or there's nothing against Celtics. He just wanted to play, which, duh, we all <laughs> everyone do. wants to play. Yeah, and it, and it's different. Like he, It's not like he was a bench warmer itching for a shot. It's He had regular minutes, and then he lost them. And so he just wants to play regular minutes again because he knows he's good enough. Um, and I think he should get that chance this year. And uh, not that he would ever wish this uh, on his teammates, but if, if I'm Pritchard, I'm saying, oh, Brogdon's upset. I'm right here, baby. I'm, I'm ready. Oh, Brogdon's <laughs> forearms made of paper? Hmm. <laughs> Let, let's do some uh, 
forearm curls, Brogdon. See if you can handle it. Like Pritchard's just trying to get him to like do extra shots, like like jump shots. <laughs> so he's flicking the wrist a little extra to wear yeah. himself out. Yeah. No, I'm happy for Pritchard. Pritchard has been nothing but quality with the Celtics. He has given them significant boosts in big games. I always point to game two against the Brooklyn Nets when they came back from 17 down. He had 10 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Pritchard, anytime he's given an opportunity, tends to ball out. He had a triple-double in the last game of the season. As a rookie, when he first came into the league, he was given minutes because that team sucked, and he played pretty well. (laughs) The problem with Pritchard is he's just undersized at 6'2", 6'1", and he's not as switchable on defense, which in today's NBA is almost a must. So seeing, seeing that he's happy to be with the Celtics is a good thing. Because if Brogdon's unhappy, then there's a fair chance that he could have a real role with this team. Yeah. (laughs) And with Smart gone, there's actually minutes for him in the rotation. At least you'd have to imagine. And he's a competitor. He always plays hard. And he lives and breathes basketball. If there's anybody you really want on your team, it's Pritchard because you know he's going to work hard. He says says it himself, Jim Rat. Agree. And I mean – we saw it two years ago. Like he's an actual NBA player. And Greatest he got minutes. pro-am player of all time, too. This is also except true. for that hey. one video where they were like Peyton Pritchard dominates pro-am, and we had to like sift through play. to find anything he did. He just didn't play. Um, I mean, he he's earned rotational minutes both of these past years. Like as the season went on, like after getting real minutes in Brad Stevens' rotation, Emi Udoka cut him out, and then he got back in by the second half of the season in the playoffs. Joe Mazzulla comes in, you know. X'd back out of the rotation by the, I mean, by the playoffs, he was playing against the heat. Like he got actual minutes. He was getting sparkle minutes. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he gets regular season minutes next year, but it's just the Celtics do sneakily have a lot of this mid tier talent as depth. Like they have a, a really solid top seven, top eight ish. And then, well, after the top seven, after the Jays, Derek white, Malcolm Brogdon, and the three bigs, there is Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard, Jordan Walsh, Osei Brichette. Like, there are a lot of guys that are close to the same level that will be itching for the same minutes. So I still don't think it'll be easy for Pritchard to get these minutes. But with the question marks at the point guard position, I do think it could be easier for him to slide in there outside of, you know, the Hauser, Brissett, Mikhail, Lou Walsh. Like, that, those wings are going to be competing, and I think Pritchard could find himself above the rest, especially if he can continue to shoot at a 40% clip from deep, which he's shown that he can. And realistically, he's not a great defender, but he's always held his own. Like, he hustles on defense. He gets out there like he's after, and he's, he's an okay as a point of attack defender. So um, I think he should be fine. I'm excited to see Pritchard get regular Plus with again. Pritchard? Missoula, big on trust. I mean, we saw Hauser yeah. not playing the playoffs. Pritchard has been somebody that proved he can play in big moments. So I wouldn't be yep. shocked if Missoula favors him over other rotational players just because of that familiarity, trust, belief that yep. he can actually go out there and compete and be effective. I agree. I agree. Um, all right. Let's check in with RJ uh, with the email. See what he had to say. We have two emails today. Uh, we're going to check him out. Again, if you want to get a hold of us, hbtcpod at gmail.com or DM us or comment, any of that stuff. Uh, talking about the NIMI signing and cap management. Hey, guys, thanks for the NIMI update. I saw it from y'all before my usual sources. Celtics blog, the Globe or Athletic had anything. 
We got you. We're there. We're on it. In addition to the points you raised in your post, keep in mind he can also give the Celtics some cap flexibility as Cornette's contract doesn't fully guarantee until 110. So if Brad finds a trade partner, he's now got options. Kata for Cornette, Svee for Hauser, Banton for Scrub, or Brogdon or Pritchard. Makes sense. The last one's a stretch, though. In addition to giving everyone good camp competition to develop a real bench depth, he also has more tradable bodies if he wants to move one of Brogdon or Pritchard. And we still have the 15th roster spot open. Stay dry and be well. <laughs> I didn't really think of it that way, but it does make sense. Giving yourself options. Like, it's not the exact same because I think these guys are a little more ready for NBA minutes. How's you your saw it? <laughs> locked in? Great contract. Three years, Agreed. three million. I just wanted Agreed, to mention but... that because that contract. No, you're like right. Such a phenomenal. Phenomenal contract, but you've seen Steven stack up these end of bench bodies before and use them as salary and trades like the Brogdon deal. Obviously, we know Neesmith and, and Tice, but Nick Stauskas, Juwan Moore, and the bench. <laughs> exactly. So I, I you do give yourself some flexibility this way as well. Um, so good point. Thank you, RJ. Also said, after looking back at the Dark Ages, welcome to the 2024 offseason, and the Boston Celtics are still basking in the glow of winning their 18th championship over the surprising Blazers led by Lillard. Hey, it's my time travel story. Uh, he said, let's hop in time machine in a different direction. Let's look at who the Celtics will be drafting with the 20th pick, courtesy, <laughs> courtesy like of the Warriors. Sam's in on this Warriors pick. I know you've mentioned it, Sam. I am. I really uh, think it's, I mean, what's the top four protected? So you can get in the lottery and have a little bit of fun. You just have to hope <laughs> they don't win. You can get a yeah. real pick with this with this selection. Big Al has yet to announce whether he's retiring or will come back in a team-friendly contract because of the first priority. Big Al will still be under contract, so don't worry about that. He's got two mm. years, $10 million each year. And actually, it's declining. It's $10 million, then 9.5. so shout out Al. Jason Tatum Supermax extension uh, is the priority. So assuming all that for the moment, what does your crystal ball say for the Celtics draft plans in 2024? Sam, have you taken a look at the 2024 draft class yet? No. <laughs> uh cooper flags 2025 that's all i know and i'm like uh, they need to get him all i know is Bronny james will probably be around there. that'd be terrible <laughs> so uh absolutely not to that one yeah i don't want his I, dumbass dad anywhere near the celtics yeah i have not looked at it as sam has not looked at it I don't really know around who will be available. I don't, I'm looking at it briefly now. I don't know any of these names. I recognize the name Kalel Ware. I've got nothing for you. I will say, if we want to talk about positions, maybe you get another big to compete. Maybe you get another guard. Maybe get, like you, you could go in any direction and develop them. I would guess a guard or a be big because time. they just took, <clears throat> that's what I was going to say, a guard or a yeah. big because you just got Jordan Walsh. Or if you're Brad Stevens, you trade back and get a million second round picks and make us stay up for the entire draft. <laughs> That's my prediction. That, that was the worst day ever. That was so <laughs> bad, man. Like had a flight at four in the morning the next day. Brad's just yep. dicking around with the draft picks. Oh, give me three more. I'll trade back and make them wait another 15 minutes and then not make yep. the pick. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I have not looked at the 24 class yet, so I've, I've got nothing. If I were to guess, I'd probably we'll, we'll stake our, our early bird bets on. They'll take a guard. I don't actually know. I don't know what's happening. So we'll, we'll I wish we were like we'll tight with Tyler Rucker and we just had his number so you could call him. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Maybe we'll ask him. I'll, I'll message him for next pod. Uh, he's from the area. I think he's from, he's, he grew up a Celtics fan. So maybe yes. he'll like us a little bit. Um, Sam, you put this next thing on and I don't, I know it happened, but I was never into winning time, but I know you said rip Bozo. So it hit me, hit me with the context or the little. So yeah, I woke up and went on Twitter today and everybody was talking about winning time. The HBO show about the rise of the Lakers dynasty. I guess it was canceled season two of it wrapped yesterday. Yeah. Final episode aired, whatever. 
So the announcement comes that the show has been discontinued. They're not going to run any more episodes. So the show gets canceled. And apparently the second season ends with the Celtics winning the 1984 <laughs> NBA championship. I saw this, yeah. So the last scene in this Lakers show is the Celtics coming out on top. Lakers can always get fucked. Good. <laughs> I don't. I did not watch any of this show. I didn't either. Mostly because I felt like it was going to be like a Lakers circle jerk. I didn't want to mm-hmm. be a part of it. I heard it was really good for what it's worth. But yeah. everybody said it was really good. Mm-hmm. If you watched it, let us know because I do feel bad for the people involved with the show, like the creative team. Like yeah. definitely put a lot of work into it. Tried. I saw all the tweets that, about it. The showrunner, I'm pretty sure, was going on like any pod that would take him. I think he talked yeah. to Celtics Lab about the show. Yes, just to promote so. it to get press about it because they were kind of on the chopping board. But it's official; the show's been canned. But uh, yes, Lakers can get fucked. <laughs> kind of like it. I saw a lot of Celtics people hyped about that part. It does suck that the show's canceled. Like putting aside the Lakers Celtics beef for a second, like any. I enjoy shows about the sports and stuff like that. Like I, I watched the last dance, obviously I still haven't seen some of them, but like I liked, uh, what was that? Um, wait a minute. <clears throat> You've watched the last dance, but you didn't watch all of it. No, 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 no. I, I meant I okay. watched all of the last dance. Okay. I haven't right. seen, I, I meant to say, I haven't watched all of like the basketball related shows. Like, like I still haven't seen hustle. Cause I'm a bum. I've seen clips of it, but I've seen, seen like, hustle. Uh, that was like, two I know, years ago. I know, I know, I know. The guy I was know. on the Celtics. You should have watched. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. My point is like, I generally enjoy those type of things. I'm just a bum and don't watch them. So it sucks to see them get canceled just because networks are shitty right now. Right. Like, it's just it's a, like the business is, is kind yeah. of like well, shit. I don't know what was necessarily behind it because people raved about the show. I think it's like the writer strike and the actor strike and the bit, the big businesses canceling any of these projects that aren't making as much money. It, it's just a mess right now. Uh, I only know from reading our uh, friend from the playoffs, James Alexander, I think his name is. He's a writer for the he's like a TV writer, but he's a heat. Yes, fan. he came on. So <clears throat> I follow through his lens and I, I appreciate it. And I think it's it's. The business is in a shitty state right now, so I always I hate to see shows get canceled, especially when like like we said, like people are going around like trying to promote these shows because they're good shows. Oh, they put work like into them, it, and they get canceled anyway. So it sucks from that context. But uh, Celtics on top, W love it. <laughs> it's big. Um, all right, moving on to the NBA section. Damian Lillard update because we're legally required uh, <laughs> to talk about it. Uh, anyways, I mean Sam likes this update. Uh, Brian Windhorst, I believe it was. Uh, saying, yeah, this is on the Hoop Collective, what the Blazers want if they're dealing with one team, if it's Miami or nothing, they want what the Nets got from the Suns, uh, which is literally scrounging. They want the Heat to literally scrounge into every nook and cranny and produce everything they possibly can, but the Heat don't feel a need to do that. The Blazers basically like, give me everything or we're not doing it, and the Heat are like, no. That's what's happening. If, if I'm the Blazers, like I'm in no hurry. I truly don't understand the angle of them being in a hurry. They can yeah. tank with or without Dame. I don't think they're getting anything back from for Dame, at least from Miami, that's going to be like, oh, wow, yeah, we can put this person next to Scoot and Anthony Simons and Shady and Sharp, and they can make our team younger and more fun, and they can all grow together starting now. Like, I agree. Who, who are but, you going to get? Jaime Hawkes? He's fine. Jovic is fine, but still. Jovic is fine. Like, Miami doesn't have anything that you want. You don't need a hero. You have a plethora of guards. That's one of the reasons this Lillard thing doesn't really hurt you. Yeah. Because you don't need to get rid of him. 
Who cares? Let him sit there. Let the young guys play. I don't care if I'm the Blazers. Agree. But Miami doesn't feel any pressure either because Which, nobody duh. else is interested because Dame is somewhat of a negative asset. That's what I was going to say. Like, if as much as it is the the Blazers should be playing hardball, which I agree they should, the Heat also should be doing exactly what they're doing. Because, like, e- even outside of the context of Dame as a negative asset, because I don't think he's a negative asset for them particularly, because I think they can build a good enough no, team around him. No, that's what I'm saying. For, for most teams, he is, but not necessarily sure. Miami, because they exactly. already have money in place. But even for the Heat, like... Why would I give you everything when I'm literally not bidding against anybody? Like, it makes sense what both sides are doing, which is why this is going to take forever. I, I I still think it gets done before the season starts, but at this, like, it's getting closer to the point of me, you know, going back on that. I don't know. It's just a very weird situation. I understand why both sides are doing what they're doing, though. Like, as much as you put on here, uh, I think you said, what, heat get fucked or something? Like, you, you're, you're, that's no, your mindset, at the very least. Okay, yeah, close enough. Like, I I understand why the Heat are doing it. Like, if I if this was the Celtics in the Heat's place, I would want Brad Stevens to be doing the same thing. Why would I give up everything when I'm not betting bidding against anybody? But then, if the Celtics were the Blazers, I'd say bleed them for everything because you can just roll into the season with Dame. Like, so until one of two things happens, <clears throat> the Heat get desperate because they want to enter training camp with Dame on the roster, which I think could happen, but I don't know how likely it is because the Heat are the Heat and Pat Riley do what he wants. Um, that will be the deadline or another team gets involved to the point where the heat have to actually up their offer and get it done. I don't know what'll happen. That said, I did see something else. I don't know where it came from. I need to look at the sourcing just so I can give credit. I did see that the Hornets were interested in being a third team to take on Tyler hero. (laughs) I don't know if you saw a bad idea from them. Like, The Hornets really don't have any other way of getting anybody to join their team. So, oh, this sorry, this was from NBA Trade Report on Twitter. This was the equivalent of the, uh, yeah, this was the equivalent of, uh, remember that guy was Daily Dimes during the draft who was just spoiling everything. Yeah. So, this, this isn't real news. That said, it would make sense. Like, I think that they do need a team to take, excuse me, to take on Tyler Hero. And I do think there are some teams where it could make sense because. I feel like Tyler Hero's the big loser in all this because he's now viewed as a negative asset. Tyler Hero's a good player. Like he's he's a really good player. No, Tyler Hero got hurt yeah. at a really bad time. Miami overperformed without him. And so yeah. everyone's like, look, they don't even need Tyler Hero, even though they just lost Gabe Vincent and Max Strews and I think somebody else too. Some key pieces are no longer with Miami. So they're going yeah. to appreciate Hero when he comes back. But nobody remembers how impactful he can be because he hasn't been a part of not only last year's playoff run, but then the 2022 run against the Celtics. He wasn't involved in that really either. So he's just kind of getting left out and everyone's like, who cares about him? He's clearly not that impactful because without him, they're still going on these long, deep playoff runs. Yeah. I don't know. Sucks for Tyler Hero. I think someone will take it on. I just, I just want the trade to happen. And for me, this isn't even like a heat thing. This is just a Dame can get fucked for being a diva. (laughs) <laughs> all of a sudden being yeah. a diva to his credit he's That's been like saying. very low maintenance but just the whole way that this has gone down i'm only playing for the heat like i'm sorry I, I don't want to see it happen like you don't deserve to get your way after all of this also portland has no obligation to trade him once again just because uh he's under contract uh, forever and this is particularly annoying because like I think you would have said the same before this whole thing happened. Like Dame was one of my favorite players just because he was never an issue. Like he, he wasn't was like my favorite, whatever. but like I respected, like I was like, okay, like was, one yeah. team. 
he's he's been with them his whole career, which is one team. Uh, but he's been through all of these different iterations of the Blazers. He's been a staple. And they should be on the way to being competitive again. They just can't seem to spend their money right, paying Jer- uh, Jeremy Grant like a zillion dollars. He was Nurkic eating up a ton of cap, too. He was one of the few players that I would be like, that I think I even said this in the pod, like I'd be fine if he requested a trade. This is just a step too far. Like requesting a trade is one thing. Requesting a trade to one team and saying you won't even report to any other team that trades for you. Like there's a line. I do think that Damian Lillard deserves to be on a competitive roster again, because like you said, the Blazers just can't figure it out. They can't put together a competitive roster. They can't spend their money correctly. They can't attract free agents to Portland. So I'm not, against Damian Lillard finding another team to want to play for. Like, I think it's fine, and I'm fine with him requesting a trade. But the way this whole thing has played out has made it not good. Like, it's yep. it's whack. The agent but, being like, no, he never, he would never say he wouldn't report to camp. That's the lame part. That's the lame yeah. part. Like, uh, the agent kick rocks, Dame kick rocks, send him to Utah. Uh, next thing we have is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Obviously, we've heard a lot of noise of Giannis and his contract extension, a lot of stuff surrounding that. This was from Bobby Marks saying, I would be concerned based on what happens with Drew Holiday. <clears throat> I think that's going to be the X factor and um, what I'm going to keep an eye on. Holiday extension eligible on February 22nd. and could potentially be a free agent next year. What does Milwaukee do with him? If they lose him, they're in big trouble. And I understand that. <clears throat> I don't necessarily know if it's Drew Holiday in particular, but if the Bucks don't extend him and they don't bring back a core piece or they don't get anything back in return for his core piece, it would make sense that Giannis is like, all right, what are we doing? Get me out of here. So I, I think Giannis has made it pretty clear that I want to win championships. And if I don't like, if the bucks can't help me do that here, I'm not going to complain about leaving. Uh, and you, the, the gut reaction is, well, they want a title. Why is he complaining? But they've gotten bounced in the second round or sooner for two years now. Like, it's not like they're back in the finals or back in the conference finals. Like it, it this just shows how tough the East is, but the bucks won a title two years ago. And since then it's been Celtics and heat twice. So, I think he's itching to get back up there and they just haven't been able to put it together for injuries or whatever reason. So he's just pushing the box saying, okay, I'm not, I don't want to get complacent here. Let's keep going. And it, it makes sense that part of that would be tied to bringing back probably their second best player. Cause Drew holiday is severely underrated. He's definitely underrated and it's hard to be the box right now to yeah. put it, to put it simply because while Giannis may want to play with Drew holiday, that's great. And Drew Holiday is great. He was just an all-star, if I'm not mistaken. He was the one of the last two seasons. I don't know which one. I don't care about all-star games. But that being said, he's 33. He's been in the league a while. Mm-hmm. If you're going to extend him, how long does that extension go? What's it going to be worth? What's he's el- What is he eligible for? The whole nine. Eventually, you're going to have to tie up a lot of money into a guy that's aging, much like this Dame issue that Portland has. You're really just spending that money on Giannis, which is fine. Mm. But there is still the risk that Giannis leaves. Even if you do extend Holiday, there's no uh, there's no inking uh, the Holiday contract of your Giannis too. Like it's not like, oh yeah, I'll stay if you pay him. Milwaukee might have to hesitate to offer Holiday an extension. I don't know what they're going to have to do. But the more and more we hear about this, the worse and worse it gets for them. I don't think it looks kind of good, I guess, if Milwaukee's yeah. going to break up because they just paid Middleton. <clears throat> and they, Lopez. They, and Lopez. Holiday's next. 
So they're going to have to pay all of the rest of the guys before Giannis's contract comes up again. They're going to have to go on on Giannis, and they could get absolutely railroaded if he leaves because yeah. that team with the three of those guys doesn't suck, but they're also not competitive. So no. they're not getting any great draft picks. Not that they really – I don't know if they even have any. No, it's a uh, tough, tough spot. It, they go the most of them go to New Orleans, right? Because yeah. the Holiday trade. So <clears throat> they're like you said, they're in a tough spot. That said, <clears throat> if I'm the Bucks, or let me ask you this: If you're the Bucks, do you give Drew Holiday a max extension? I you no, know, I think you do. I, I think he's I done everything to earn it. But he's really he's good. 33. Like it's <clears throat> it's older. one of those things. How long? Max being what? Mm-hmm. Five years? No. I would give him the most I can on a three-year contract. That said, if I'm Drew Holiday, I push for an extra year. I say, give me four. And I guess that's where things get a little bit weird. I will say, though, Drew Holiday isn't, in my opinion, the type of guard whose game will severely fall off by the time he's that old. Like, I don't think it's a Dame or a Kemba situation. Like, he's not – it's not going to be perfect because he's a guard and all guards fall off. But, like, his style of defense, I think, relies – it relies on athleticism, but he's also just like a very smart defender. Like in that's not something that he's going to lose. Like he'll always know how to play defense. He's a good shooter. And I don't think the shooting will fall off. And he, it's not like he's like tiny. Like what is he? Six, three, six, five, six, three. <clears throat> okay. So Same he's not like six. <clears throat> okay. He's six, five. Google says he's six, five. Basketball references six, three. Regardless. He's a bigger body, right? Like he's not like, he doesn't have a two five. <clears throat> I, I just don't think, uh, I don't think his game will fall off as severely. And at the same time, if you're the Bucs, you do whatever you can to keep Giannis. I think that's just the name of the game at this point. And worst case scenario, you re-sign Drew Holiday, and if Giannis is still giving signals of leaving, as weird as it is, you feel trade offers for Giannis. <laughs> you, see, you try to trade No, I, I would. That's what you would have to do. I think that's what you would have to do. If, if Giannis ball. wants to keep dicking around, you might have to trade him. Because if you <laughs> trade Giannis, you're going to get stuff back. That is the you, best way to ensure yourself. Mm-hmm. And also, if you trade Giannis, you can start to work on trading these other contracts sooner rather than later. This all the might wor- sound stupid, but if this is like mm-hmm. your whole building is on fire of your business, your let's say the Pfizer Forum is on fire, you're trying to rescue as much as you can from this yeah. burning building. You can trade Drew Holiday now. If, if you know Giannis is leaving, Like you can start to trade him now while he still has value. If you extend him, that value is going to plummet. The Chris Middleton contract isn't going to be great at the end, probably. Brooke Lopez, how much longer is he going to be effective? He's essentially just a big tree, so he doesn't have to move that much. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like They're in a terrible, like awkward position because you should do what Giannis wants. He's your guy. You drafted him. He's been with you his whole career. He's foreign. Foreign guys typically like to be where they came to the country and, and remain there. Yeah. So – you have to feel like he wants to stay and you should like do what you can to accommodate him. He's earned it, but man, this sucks for them. Like, this is just like, ugh, I, I wouldn't want to deal with it. I wouldn't. I will say there are two disaster scenarios. One, obviously if he honestly is for nothing, you're screwed. You're, that's you just are, <clears throat> you're screwed. But worse than that, <clears throat> if they trade Giannis and I'm a Bucks fan, I'm angry. I'm angry at the organization. I'm angry at Giannis. I'm just mad. I am too. <laughs> right? Like that's the just Bucks that's... become the Red Sox. Exactly. So it's just a mess of a situation. I hope this is all just Giannis spewing stuff to the media. So they resign everybody he wants and they bring people in and they stay competitive and they're just not complacent. But 
it, like you said, this is not a situation I would want to be in. So good luck to the Bucks. Can you this imagine is, uh, the Bucks playing hardball fun. with him though? Like I don't know why he feels like he needs to strong on the Bucks. Have <laughs> yeah, they I don't really know. given him that many signals of like, uh, hey buddy, we're still in charge here? Like <laughs> I think if he's you probably have Giannis on your team. You're like, yes, yes, sir. Okay, absolutely, Giannis. <laughs> what would you like? Would you like uh, everyone to eat Greek yogurt every day for breakfast? Sure. Yeah, we'll do that. He's probably just mad that they have any uh... wish he has. He's not even like a pain in the ass superstar. He's not James Harden. He's not like, let me go to the strip club and use your private jet and do all these things and not playing games. Like Giannis is everything you would want in a superstar. He's probably just mad they've gotten bounced two years in a row. Like he's he not even like win. super injury or injury prone. They've lost in the playoffs two years in a row. And not they haven't even gotten to the conference finals since they made the finals. So I mean, I understand the frustration. It's just this is it's weird that it's happening now so early before like stuff gets uh gets actually into the another world, Giannis so. thing he's worked to improve the weak spots in his game he's not Ben Simmons mm. uh, true you're not wrong <clears throat> all right uh, we'll have to see how it plays out I don't know it's weird uh the Grizzlies were reportedly interested in OG Ananobi this was from let me make sense down here um Tim McMahon uh, when you talk about a case of waiting too long, I think Ananobi very well could end up being something like that. There's a lot of talk about Ananobi getting traded, but I don't believe there were a lot of trade discussions involving him. I know, for example, the Memphis Grizzlies had high, high interest, and I don't exactly know what they would have given up, but there were talks for Mikel Bridges, and they put four first-round picks on the table there. So the Grizzlies offered four firsts for Mikael Bridges, which makes sense because that would have been disgusting. Um, imagine a lineup of John Morant, Desmond Bain, uh, Mikael Bridges, Jared Jackson, Stephen Adams. <laughs> it'd be nasty um and they got marcus smart so they kind of got their their secondary option in that case but i don't know he would have been perfect there too it makes sense that people are offering a lot for Ananobi. he is kind of like i mean you've said it before he's the perfect role player in today's nba and he, he has potential to be more than that because he's still only 25 26 so he's still like in the prime or not even in the prime of his career i think the raptors are really selling the bag here like they're, they're like they they're gonna reason this is what i think is gonna happen I think they're going to re-sign Siakam. I think they're going to bring everybody back. They're going to keep developing Scotty, <clears throat> And they're going to be what the Pacers were for the past decade, where they're getting bounced in the first round every single year. And if that's what they want to do, sure. But that's a damn sad existence for an organization that has the potential to get a lot of draft picks and hit a really strong rebuild right now. <laughs> Good luck to them, dude. I don't know what the Raptors are doing up there. They're like you know they're saying? like mad at the world and they're being stubborn. Like, no, we're not gonna rebuild. You can't tell us what to do. Yeah. But there's nothing they have going for them that's really exciting. Like Scotty Barnes took a step back as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He won rookie of the year and he was fun, but it wasn't great. I suppose you can be like OG's expendable because of Scotty Barnes. You could be like, well, Scotty can do some of the things he can do. He just doesn't shoot as well, but he adds a little bit of flair with being able to handle the ball, things like that, I guess. OG just came off a great season. They should have capitalized on him. If, if you're really playing this part. But then they have this weird Siakam thing where he doesn't want to leave. Yeah. He's the Which, only superstar in the NBA who doesn't want to, like, switch teams. Yeah. Or I wouldn't even, like, be mad if he wanted to switch teams. Like, the time has come. The t- Like, this is the window where it's, like, okay. Like, the Blazers, they're kind of trying to be on the up and up again. With Dame, but Toronto's yeah. completely just rolling down the hill, dude. They got nothing. Yeah. What are you excited about as a Raptors fan? Let me oh. ask you this, Sam. Who's the Raptors' backup point guard behind Dennis Schroeder? 
Is it uh, Malachi Flynn? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, you no there you go. Him and you didn't Jeff think I would get that one, did you? You all right? Go my my point is, my point is, Brody, Brody, Brody. As much as we say Fred Van Fleet's overrated, he was their point guard. He was all they had. He, he, he was their only shot creator. He was their only perimeter scorer. He was their only point guard. And, and, and the splits were bad, yes. But a part of that is because. No one else was fucking taking threes in mm. Toronto. He was the only guy who could shoot on that roster. So, and I still don't know him. how much they lose with him, though. They absolutely lose. Like, you can say, oh, Dennis Schroeder's a fine replacement, but that's my take. Fred Van Fleet was their only perimeter scorer, and he was better than I think a lot of people realize. And we crap on him because he's just not worth $40 million. Like, he's just, he's just not. Um, and that's why I think a lot of people, uh, like, we crap on him, but like, I think it's in the same sense as Tobias Harris, where they are looked down upon because they are overpaid and his splits were bad last year. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if a lot of that was necessarily part of it was him being undersized, but I think a big part of it was the Raptors offense was just really, really bad last year. And I mean, teams aren't running out to the three point line to guard Scotty Barnes or, or these other players. So like he's having to create so much of this offense with, a very bad half court. Like the, the Raptors, one of the worst half court offenses in the league last season. And so he, he, it's just, I think it was just a mess. And I think now with him getting paid as much money as he did in Houston, which good for him, <laughs> he, he got the bag, secured it. Um, I think the narrative around Fred Van Fleet's just going to be bad. I, I don't know how good he'll be in Houston, but I think he was an underratedly important piece in Toronto. And at the very least, losing him for nothing is a disaster. You can't lose former All-Stars in the past two years for nothing. Like I See, I was going to be like, well, <clears throat> Raptors got cap space in return for losing Fred Van Vliet, but they're $30 million over the salary cap. I'm looking at they, it right now. They don't. They're paying yeah. Jakob Pertl 19 and a half a year. They gave up a first for him last yeah. year. Why? 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 For what? I'm glad I'm not a Raptors fan. Good <laughs> yeah. luck to him. That's what I'm saying. It's a mess. Anyways, all right. Sam, Reddit post of the day. What you got? Reddit post of the day comes from user strange underscore, underscore control 8788. <laughs> they asked the NBA community, what is the most diluted thing you have heard a player say? Some top contenders. Mm. I could be one of those guys shooting 30% right now from three. But I'd rather be one of those guys shooting 40% from three. Who said it? Or do you look at the show sheet? I have no idea who said that. Ben like, Simmons, no sh- 2020. Jesus Christ. I wow. changed the game. Who said that one? Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Towns said that one. They're saying where the Knicks are a super team. Who said that one? <laughs> to at least Randall. Derek Rose in 2016. Yikes. Talk. So these are some examples. Do you have any off the top of your head that you can think of that are just absolute ridiculous sayings? I know we don't like, I know you don't like LeBron James, Dylan Brooks, just, just an idiot. Like, why, why would you do that? Like, that's fair. Uh, no, that's fair. I'm, I'm a make them both. Uh, I'm a make both. The, Great one. Great. <laughs> comes to the top of the response. I oh. will say, uh, when LeBron left the Cavs and then Tristan Thompson was like, well, we're still the Eastern conference champions. Yep. <laughs> That's a good one. The East still goes through us. 
Uh, whenever LeBron just like blatantly lies and says, "Oh yeah, yeah, I had that one the other day. Uh, that was my yeah, favorite quote." The, That's my the, yeah. The blatant lying from LeBron. This is a good one. Sasha Vujicic stating that he could get thirty anytime he felt, and had a career high of twenty eight points. Uh, next one. I have a family to feed. Latrell Sprewell after turning down a twenty million dollar plus contract. Oof. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's I'm see. Googling I stuff. would put myself in the same category as D Wade at the end of the day. The only thing that he have that I don't is more wins and two championships. That's it. Monte Ellis. Yikes. I thought it was Paul Pierce. It's not. <laughs> that's not, that's what I did too. I Googled something and it's from two years ago. It says, uh, what are some of the worst quotes by NBA players? Um, <clears throat> Dennis Scott, don't ask for my autograph. Ask me about the rage inside me. Dennis Scott to a bunch of kids at a basketball game. Respect. <laughs> Teach them young. Yeah, the uh, Dylan Brooks else? thing is here. I don't respect anyone until they give me 40. Yeah. <laughs> Proceeds to lose elimination game by 40. Evan Turner quote, you've got to respect a 15% three-point shooter. A guy like that is always lethal. <laughs> <laughs> if they play the Celtics, yeah. I understand the context, but I love that I quote. Know. I'm That's fine in the up. West. Yep, Ja, of course. Kai of Jones course. said he's going to be MVP. Uh huh. Kai Jones, have you seen the Kai Jones stuff? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it, in the Instagram comments? Yeah, it's not great. He's, he's like, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> I need to find it now because it's just so good. Rashid uh, Wallace saying that LeBron wouldn't be as successful in his era. My brother in Christ, you retired in 2010. <laughs> Who said that again? Uh, Rashid Wallace said LeBron wouldn't yep. be able to compete in his era. Mm-hmm. Oh, comments on uh, somebody said like Mark Williams to get a bounce out of the rotation. Kai Jones back. Show me a video of Mark pulling up, going left, and hitting it anywhere. Maine, uh, anywhere, Maine in college, somewhere. Show me one. And then Mark Williams responded with like a uh, <laughs> did you see Mark Williams' response to no. him getting shit talked? Wait, let me find it. <laughs> This is Mark Williams' response. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. That has to be so awkward if your teammates yeah, just firing off and you're like, "What? What is going on here?" There's another one. It's a Nick Richards over you. Kai Jones said, "I'm more assertive with the ball than him. I can clear. I can read myself." Now, <clears throat> I used to write for the Hornets, uh, yeah. SP Nation site. So last summer, I wrote <clears throat> summer league notebooks right for the Hornets. Yes. Kai Jones was garbage. <laughs> he was so bad in summer league. I was uh, let me try to find my notes because it was it was truly terrible. And I remember one specific game that I wanted to talk about. And I, I really hope I can find it, but I don't know if I'll be able to. Um he shot 0 for 10 from three in a summer league game. That was what I remember. Make me wanna he, throw my TV out the window. He chucked. The ball. he he was just out there chucking. Um, Future Celtic Joe Mazzulla yeah. loved that. He was like, "Shit, give me all the three point attempts." It was so bad. Oh yeah, this was my this was my, I'll pull it up. This was what's seven July July eleventh of I believe last year. This was my note on Kai Jones. 
Kai DTM Jones, DTM doing too much. Jones managed to do too much in this game while also only attempting two shots. Just one game after he shot an inexplicable over 10 from three-point range, Jones didn't attempt a single three. He shot one for two from the field, finishing with three rebound, three points and five rebounds. The DTM label comes from that one possession where he decided to take the ball all the way up the court, ignoring his teammates' pleas for him to pass it. And guess what? He turned the ball over. There has to be some sort of middle ground. He can't take and miss 10 threes, but he also can't only take two shots. Jones is very clearly having a hard time finding his place in the offense. And while that could potentially be a non-problem in the regular season with ball leading the way and him having a more defined role, his lack of production thus far is definitely cause for concern. Guy Jones is not very good. <laughs> and he's just out here shit-talking. Like... It's such a weird it. situation. Absolutely. My, fa- my last comment on this uh, inexplicable yeah. quotes. Yeah. During my MVP season ellipse, uh, said by Paul George, referring to the season that he finished third in MVP voting, multiple instances. <laughs> he was nasty that year, but yeah, you didn't win, brother. You, you didn't win the award. Oh, man. Weird. Weird all around. All right. Should we get into the rat list here? Go ahead. Let's do it. Do you want to lead off or you want me to go? Uh, you got more stuff. All right. I will start with my sister, Grace. Rat list. I'm so mad. Hmm. I woke up late today because I couldn't sleep last, last night. And I had to let my, do- my aunt's dogs out. So I wake up already annoyed because I'm like, oh, shoot, I have to go over there. <clears throat> Rush over. <clears throat> my sister took my car this week or this weekend. Her car had bad tire pressure or something. She was like, oh, I don't like the beeping. I'm scared of it. Took my car. Whatever. <clears throat> Fine. Don't mind her taking my car. <clears throat> I am six foot one. My sister is five foot six. <clears throat> Get back in my car. She not only brought the seat forward, but she raised it about a foot or maybe six inches enough where it was hard for me to get in the car. And it's raining today. And <clears throat> so I'm rushing to get in the car <clears throat> and I'm getting in. Not only too far forward, so the the window is on the down slope, but also higher than I'm expecting. So I smack my head on Mm. the top of the car. When we started this podcast today, I was telling Sam, I genuinely think I gave myself a concussion. That was the hardest I've hit my head. That was the hardest I've hit my head in a long time, and I still have a headache now three hours later. like that, That hurt. It was bad, and I was angry. Also... I don't expect my sister to fill up my gas tank for me. It is what it Mm. is. I have a job. She doesn't at least tell me I'm on empty, bro. Like at least tell me the gas isn't like, I don't have gas in my car. Like I get in the car and I'm like in like the last notch before you, I'm like, dude, at least give me a warning. So when I have to drive, like I can know I'm on empty. Correct. And so I I was angry all around. It was a bad day. Then I get to my aunt's house and it's pouring rain and I am have to go outside so the dogs can pee. I was mad. He tried to the dog tried to eat its own shit again. So I was mad at that. And then I get in the house and this dog likes to jump. What and a so line. I, dude. My dog just tried to eat its own shit again. I told Moving you about it last week. He loves it. He loves it. But then also this dog likes to jump. And so now I have muddy paw prints on my shirt. Every, mm. Like I it was just a terrible way to wake up i would say morning but it was a 1 30 because i'm a bum and a loser uh so i it was just a terrible way to wake up and i was angry and so i still have a headache now uh i'll be in concussion protocol for a while all right uh my first rat list of the day is 
uh, Patriots fans who I have a perpetual beef with. <laughs> uh, usually it's because they come in and hop on the Celtics bandwagon after the Patriots season wraps up this year. It's going to happen earlier than That's most. what I was going to say uh, a lot earlier. And they come in and they don't know what they're talking about, but they're the loudest. So always for whatever reason, coming into this football season, Patriots fans felt really good about the Patriots <laughs> and uh, we're two weeks in. They have yet to win and they've blown two games that they probably could have won which in yep. football is a pretty big deal. And I truly just don't know why people don't accept that the Patriots might not be good. See, I, first of all, I have a conspiracy and I don't know if it's conspiracy or just true. I think Patriots fans are the same subset of Celtics fans that hated Marcus smart. I think they're the same people. No, like, that's I, what I, I mean. Like they come in, they don't know anything and then they just start screaming. So I have decided I want to watch football again this year for whatever reason. I think it's because I like red zone and I can just have something that's like constantly giving me entertainment. on. Yeah, that makes that tracks for you. And so, yeah, exactly. That's the point. I I own it. But I like watched the Pats game last night and in the Patriots light defense, they have played against two like pretty good teams like they play the Eagles and the Dolphins. They did shit themselves in the last moment. So there's no excuse because they're just bad. They just are. I don't think I'm going to be a Patriots fan this year. I'll watch them still because they're on. I think I'm going to be a Saints fan because, fun fact, I was a Saints fan as a kid. I wasn't a Pats fan because mm. I was that little kid who wanted to be different. Like, I just wanted, like, not, like, I just wanted to be an asshole. And so I wasn't yeah. a Red Sox fan. I was a Mets fan because I liked That's Jose Ray. Reyes. <clears throat> yep. I wasn't a Pats fan. I was a Saints fan because I liked Drew Brees. Um, and I started being a Saints fan the year they won the Super Bowl. But it sound that sounds like Shame. a bandwagon. No, no, no. I picked them at the start of the season. That the, the beginning of that year, I was like, oh, let me be a Saints fan this year. And then they won. And then I was just like the Saints because I was like, wow, look at me. I picked the Super Bowl winner because I just decided to be a fan. Um, and the Saints are fine this year. I think they're 2-0 now. I think maybe 1-1. I don't know. Derek Carr is cool. I like Derek Carr. He was on my fantasy team a long time ago, and I've just always liked them. Uh, and I don't really want to be a Patriots fan because they're bad. <laughs> fan base is bad, dude. <laughs> I agree. I should be a Saints fan, fan instead. That's a good you know, thing about the Celtics. It's like a almost like a secret society like yeah. it's it's not like the most popular thing but the people that like it really like it and they're mostly pretty mm-hmm. knowledgeable patriots Patriot different fans. dude like you show up once a week who's it playing this week <laughs> brady's still trotting out there no mm-hmm. mac jones he must be just as good if he's playing quarterback for the patriots and then like they're like what the hell how'd yeah. they lose I thought the defense was supposed to be really good well when the offense isn't good and the defense has to be out there the whole game they get tired and it doesn't really work mm-hmm. the same. Um, yeah, it's my little football rant. Uh, if you want my team, I usually support the Bills because I think their fans are kind of hilarious. Fair. Yeah. We'll be Bills and Saints fans this year. Are the Bills two and No, I don't care. I like I like college. <clears throat> That's fine. Who's your? Do you have a college team yet? You know, I'm going to say Penn State. Does. Uh, well, my boy Greg used to be a big Penn State guy, so I always kind of like backed them. Mm, okay and and i like big 10 football so i think that's where where i'm gonna go i don't necessarily want to jump on the bandwagon colorado i'm gonna rip you colorado's so fun to watch they're they're that's it's colorado is a fun story but colorado is also so lame and here's why they have (laughs) had two home games they played against fucking nebraska who is not a good team and Mm -hmm. they played against colorado state who they were 24-point favorites against in, when and they, they won overtime, won. and mm-hmm. they stormed the field. 
Did sure. you see the Missouri game this weekend? By the way, Michael Porter Jr. was there. And no. the the fat kid kicked the field goal from 60 yards to win the game, and then they stormed the field because they beat a ranked team when they were unranked? That's a little <laughs> bit more of how it should go. When you're not supposed to win, you have a surprise win or, or an impressive win, then you storm the field. I think when that was barely because... scraped past a team you're favored by 24 points against, you kind of like leave and you're like, wow. We watched too much game. Like they should have wrapped this was, in the third quarter. I think that was mainly because it was a rivalry game. Like they were playing Colorado. State, does not matter. I, does not I don't matter. really. I don't care Shame. about Colorado and like winning or losing or that stuff. They're just fun. Like they're just a fun team. So no, I just enjoyed watching Coach it. Prime fire. Prime is last at night. Fire. Great character. Like I'm all for it. But mm-hmm. lame. Also lame. Like don't storm the field if you barely beat a team you're favored to win by 24 against. Like, I don't care about like, the fans. If the Celtics win a game against the Hornets. And the, they rush the parquet. It's the same thing. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, I need to. I'll. I'll pick a college team. I don't know. I. I. I maybe I should. It's hard. It's them. hard. Give yourself. Some I time. Know. Maybe I'll take the first half of the year, and then I'll pick somebody. But uh, we'll see what happens. Anyways, um, your turn. <clears throat> yes. So I was coming back from my aunt's house after letting my dogs out, and I was already in a terrible mood, as I've discussed. I get to Duncan. It's raining. Obviously, <clears throat> open the window. They go, we'll be with you in a second. I'm like, all right, yeah, no problem. And it's like, whatever, it's fine. But it's raining. And so I'm like getting wet mm. in the car because I have the window open. <clears throat> they go, like 30 seconds later, hi, how are you? Get blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, can I have this coffee? And they repeat it back to me. They're like, okay, yeah, this and this. And I can hear them and <clears throat> they're training somebody. I can hear it, right? They're like, okay, so you hit this button. Then you hit this button. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Normally I'm a very patient person, but I was already in a terrible mood. So I'm like, Okay, well, we didn't use the app. The app's broken. I told you last time it's not working. I they can't, still like, haven't fixed it. No, it's still not working. Oh. Um, then I'm like, okay, can I have my drink? And I'm still getting the Celtic Caramel Cold Brew because it's good. And you, you put me onto it. And I'm like, okay, I'll get this with three Stevie. It's fine. They, they don't like, have okay. it near me. They have it near no, me. It. They still got it here. <clears throat> they put it in. I'm like, okay, fine, fine. Then I asked for a bagel. And then they're like, okay, this, this, this. And then like a minute later, 60 seconds, they're like, what was that last thing after the cold brew? I'm like, a bagel. <laughs> I want a bagel with cream cheese. They're like, oh, okay. I get up to the window. They take my car. They give it back. 30 seconds. Give me my coffee. I'm like, okay, that's the first thing. That's the first thing. Another minute passes by. Okay, here's your bagel. And the, the, a different person comes to the window. They go, you're the one who got the bagel, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> give me my bagel. Give me the bagel. Two more minutes. You got, what was the last thing? A cold brew? A large? I'm like, yeah, a large thing. They're like, guys you have the receipt you guys have the order you you punched it in you have like what wh- what do you yeah, mean yeah it's true they also, <clears throat> they also just didn't put the stevia in it so it's just normal like, oh it's like, it wasn't as tasty no i put some sugar when i get home like i just, just to make it taste better well it's I, even more shame on them because they probably took a year off your life that's what i'm saying what am i supposed to do so rattless duncan for being particularly useless today it, it was just it was just an additive on my already annoyed day this is uh <laughs> Not my rat list, but this is almost a communal rat list. So today, today, me and the fellas, well, it all started because one of my friends was going to work and he was on the ramp to get on the highway and he had not moved in a half hour. He had not moved in a half hour because they had a lane closed on a Monday morning. Very interesting. Interesting decision from the Rhode Island Department of Transportation. It was a perpetual rat list. Disaster. But this, this issue led to a greater discussion 
of everybody's like least favorite things that happened to them on the road, like the worst kind of drivers. We had some good ones. Led off by uh, the the always entertaining Frank. Frank, who said, <clears throat> had this lady, old lady, driving 30 miles an hour down Warwick <clears throat> yeah. Ave, and I'm stuck behind her. Then she pulls to the side and has the audacity to wave her hand at me. <clears throat> These people are the worst people. I actually really, mm -hmm. even though they're trying to be considerate, the people that pull over and let you pass them are actually yep. the worst. Because yeah. they're like, all right, fine. Like, I'll let you pass instead of just correcting what they're doing wrong. Yes. Like, actually, no, kind of the worst. I agree with you. I agree. Just drive faster. Just stop being an asshole. Just stop being an idiot. <clears throat> Speaking of driving rat list, RJ hit us with a rat list in the comments. My oh, rat yes. list is for drivers who are completely focused on oncoming traffic at an intersection, and they don't even look for the pedestrians. Uh and they pull into the and they pull into the crosswalk. Then they finally break and see me waiting to cross, and they wave me on. Fuck that! I don't trust them one bit. Finish your turn, get out of my way, and go have an go have an inevitable accident without me. <laughs> I love the hatred. I like the, the invite to go on without him and not include him. It's actually very Agreed. thoughtful of RJ. Agreed. We had another one here, another chat member. I hate the people that put on their turn signals. And then do not know which street to turn on. So they're just kind of hanging yes, out with their turn yes. signal going on and on and on and Good on. One. Good Let's one. Let's see. Uh, there's a lot. I just need to find it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm loving the rat lists. This, this is like, it was just so organic. <laughs> Frank, Frank goes, as a society, we got to use the horn, uh, horn more to scare these people straight. That or hit them. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. I said... I always say that I need to drive a tank so I can teach some lessons without taking any damage. And then like everybody kind of came out of the bushes. They were like, they all Great. started kind of nodding and like agreeing. They were like, yeah, like we should all have tanks to like, Oh, bulldoze the Agreed. people that pull out halfway into the road to take turns across. Terrible. I have a weird one. Cause I don't go. Ahead. I, I, I wasn't fully experienced like in this experience, but I saw it happening like slightly behind me in the road. So we yeah. were driving down a big like main road in the middle, like heading to an intersection at least the highway. Like it's a big road that in we call it Breeston. It's like where Brockton meets Easton. Like it's heading into okay. to Brockton, whatever, <clears throat> right? And a lot of traffic. We're getting in there, <clears throat> going to my aunt's house. A car pulls out of traffic to turn left, and then traffic obviously fills in, Correct. and then the car decides, oh wait, I don't want to turn left here. So he's just sitting. They're just sitting like looking the same direction as we are in the other tank. lane tank. They're just like they're just easiest tank ever send like, them rolling to get down back the in. street like a bowling ball <laughs> they're sitting there waiting to get back in like it's the highway and they're merging like they're, you're just on the wrong side of the road bro turn in there and figure it out from there i, I don't know what they were doing but I, I look back and i just see another car on the other side of the road and no one's letting dude in because <laughs> good like fuck them like you're an idiot and so he's just sitting there at the wrong side of the road it was very weird i didn't know what was happening frank goes one of us got to get into office to put better traffic laws yes. into place. Yeah. The other dude goes, instead of cop cars, we can just get them tanks. No more tickets, just death. Then I'm mm -hmm. start like starting to nod my head. I'm like, yeah, you know, like yep. that is a good idea. And I'm like yep. turning into a dictator in the chat. Like I was getting way too pumped up on a Monday morning. It's great. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, do you have any more card rat lists? That's or it. We move on. I have one last thing. So <clears throat> I don't know if you saw it, Sam. RJ commented. If there was a Price is Right game show where you guessed calories, Sam would win the Double Showcase Showdown. Yes. 
Sam, I have five food items here, and we're gonna have excellent. Rest. I was going to suggest <laughs> this. I'm actually so happy that you remembered. I was yeah. gonna suggest it for its own thing, but this is awesome. Let's go. I have five little snack food items, uh, and we're gonna see. How do you okay. want to play it? Do you want to just see how close you can get, or do you want to go as close as you can without going over? Like Price is Right. How do you want to do it? You want to just get as close uh, as you can. Either way, whatever okay, you think get, works better. Just get as close as you can. So this first one I have is a miniature kind bar. It's a kind bar mini. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see kind minis i'll do like the okay. whole makeup thing like youtube yep. where you can see the thing uh how many calories is in the kind bar mini sam would you like to tell me what do we think that is like 100 calories <clears throat> close 80 calories 80. good value for the kind was, bar mini yeah, here. that is good value <clears throat> there we go so that's one for kind bar mini i'm heated i was kind of wrong on that <clears throat> mm-hmm. next thing we have 70, but i didn't bachman pretzel sticks pretzel how many sticks. are there pretzels i think pretzels are one of the more overrated snacks in my opinion agree um it doesn't say it says one serving per container serving size one tray 28.3 grams so if the grams helps you at all i'd say there's Uh, about 140 25 in here 110 okay 110 sam's going over on these today you're 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 not giving the calories enough credit all right next one we did goldfish last week um i have it here do you still remember Goldfish is 140. Got it wrong again. 130. Yeah. 130. For, close enough, though. Um, what else do I have? Three more things. You've okay. seen me eat these at Ball because I bring them. Nature Valley with the chocolate underneath. The granola square is what they're called. They have those at my job. They're 110. Bang! Yeah. 110 calories. Yeah. There you go. These things are nice. These things are very good. I enjoy them. They These are, are very good. good. The peanut butter one was fire. I had it. I was peanut like, butter oh, ones God. are good. But like the problem is... Is I can eat that in one bite. Yeah, that's it. It's gone. Yep. Next thing we have for Sam, two more things. Famous Amos, a little cookie packet. These famous Amos cookies. Would you like to guess how many calories are in one serving? There are, how many are in here? I think there's like five or six little cookies in there, like about this big. 220. 140. Wow, that one's low. Good value for Famous Amos. These are very good. good value or are they just not giving you anything? Um... No, there's about let me see one, two, three. There's about five cookies in here. It's not the not the greatest. I mean, it's, it's okay. Not terrible. What is that? 20, 28 calories per cookie. Yeah, that's not, not awful. It's not terrible. Last not thing, do as good as I thought I would do. Last thing. Now there are four per container here. The serving size is two, because it is cookies and pop tart. <clears throat> yep, two pop tarts. So it's one pack. How many? How many calories is it? So one pack of those Pop-Tarts? One pack. So like this. One pack. Like one pack of Pop-Tarts is how many calories? Oh, man. I feel like that's like 300. 360 calories. Yeah, I knew that one was a bitch. Pop-Tarts are dangerous. They are. That they are. Um, Bonus round. I still have it on my desk. Do you remember the brisk can? You said how many calories? I want to say 70 or 80. 70 bang. yeah yeah good call i thought that'd be fun maybe that's I'll, not a bad one though like 70 is not bad no these are and these are good too i love these these are very nice um yeah i thought that'd be fun i'm glad uh i'm glad we agreed uh also ratless joe for shit talking me after fantasy football <laughs> i have a big big night against ray by the time you guys are watching this show i'll know if i won or lost but i'm projected right. to win i have two guys left he has one and i'm down four hmm Joke's on Joe, though. Uh, he won, but at what cost? Saquon Barkley out three weeks. <laughs> Have mm. fun, buddy. 
it's it's a double double hitter for me though because I have Saquon in my other league. Um, oh, Joe is a rat. So Joe only had one thing left, and it was his defense. He and took he out his out defense, so he couldn't lose. Yeah, bomb. <laughs> I do the same, but I would do the it's, same it's, thing. It's, it, it is, but I'm mad. <laughs> I, it's it's it, it's smart, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> uh, who are you playing? Yeah, you got Ray. You're down four points. You have Najee dude. Harris and Michael Thomas. He has Nick Chubb. Ooh. I should have started that dude on the Chargers as running Mike back. Williams. No, not him. Uh, oh, the, the Rams. Kyron Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wore the same colors from the same city. <clears throat> yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's that's tough. Who, I thought about it, but I was like, oh, no, like I don't want to start anybody I picked up in the first week unless I have to. That's fair. I think I was screwed either way. Was there anybody I could have played? I could have played Nico Collins, actually, but I was like, eh, I wasn't going to play him over Michael Pittman. Anyways, we can end it there. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to How About Them Celtics. We appreciate you. It was a good Rattless today. Good. I mean, it wasn't even a Rattless. We kind of just talked for a while. I like the calorie. Yeah, we had Rattless. We did, we did the Patriots. We did uh, the driving issues, peeves. You did the slamming your head on the car. I still have a headache to, yeah. at this moment. <laughs> it hurt. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Go check out our articles on Celtics Blog. Sam and I both have a couple out right now. Uh, go read those. Subscribe to How About Them Celtics. We had a big influx of y'all. Join us after the Nemius Canavito uh, video, I should say. We appreciate it. We're at 1,284 right now. Uh, what, what's our goal? What, what do we want to get to by the start of – what do we want to call it? Let's say by the end of calendar year. What's that, what, what goal? What do we want to get to? 1,500. 1,500. I think we can do another 200. I agree. Let's get to 1500. Help us out there. We appreciate it. Let's get to 2K by the end of the regular season. Maybe we'll go past it, but we'll set a, an easy goal at 2K by the we end of the regular season. almost since the playoffs. We're, we're yeah. like 20-something off, 21 off. We've been chugging. We appreciate y'all. Make sure to check us out on uh, listening platforms as well. Leave us five stars on Apple and Spotify. And leave a comment. Send us an email. Get in touch with us. We'll read it. We appreciate you. I'll let Sam take it out. Hey, thank you very much for listening or watching. Happy Tuesday. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, ours and CLNS's and CLNS's other one. If you aren't ours, hit the notification bell. We are putting up daily uploads. And also, when stuff happens, we've got you covered. Like RJ said, I think our thing was up before the Globe Celtics blog. And what was the other one? Quick. Uh, The Athletic. We're quick. The Athletic. We beat all of them. We are quick. I was literally sitting on the couch and I was like, hey, look at that. Oh, we might have a breaking. Hold on. What is it? What, what are you a mystery at? Eastern Conference team has held trade talks oh, around that. Dame. I saw that and figured you didn't care about Dame. I don't. Care. <laughs> I thought it might be the Celtics because of where I was still over to me. If uh, I had but, to bet, if I had to bet, it's the Nets. That's my guess. I bet it's maybe. That would be great if it was Anyways. like Charlotte. <laughs> um, but yes, Spotify, Apple, follow us there. Five star review, say something nice about the fellas. Playback TV, sure. make sure you join the community there. We are going to be live streaming games that you we can have... watch along with us. Let me see. We have four members right now. You're nice, it was that. the same as it used to be. Yeah, go check uh, it out. Two, two of them are us, so go join. Yes. Playback, please. Go hit up play. We're going to be doing live streams there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Jack and I have a lot riding on these in-season tournament games. So (laughs) (laughs) commiserate with us. Uh, You can find us on socials at How About Them Seas, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Facebook is just the name of the podcast. You can find us there. We're putting up our links to all of our stuff, articles included. You can find Mm -hmm. Jack at JacksmoneNBA on Twitter. You can find me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Bye. Check, check, go. Come on. Tackle. Tackle. Tackle.